Yeah, he walked out of that grave. And as he walked out of the grave, there was this little band of uh, 12 fishermen uh, along with a few friends who were holed up, uh, terrified that they might be the next to be brutally put to death. And they are transformed into a group of no-fear followers of Jesus full of courageous hope. And this courageous hope became contagious as they began to share their faith along with deep acts of love all over the Roman Empire. You know, when Jesus was crucified around the year uh, 33, there were uh, maybe about 125 followers that were true to his message at that time. They were uh, meeting, really, they were hiding in an upper room. Today, some 2,000 years later, 2.3 billion people around the world claim to be followers of Jesus. 2.3 billion. Now, let me put that in perspective for you, because you, you don't always sense that or feel that here in Canada. This means one out of every three people on this planet would say, I am a follower of Jesus. The Christian faith is by far the largest organization on planet Earth. Nothing else comes close. 2.3 billion followers of Jesus. I mean, the church is bigger than China. The church is bigger than China and Europe together. The church is bigger than China, Europe, Canada, and the United States put together. Nothing is bigger on planet Earth than the church of Jesus Christ. How did that happen? Why did Christianity spread so far and so fast? How did a little band of 12 terrified fishermen, the people who Jesus had originally chosen to be his first followers, expand into one out of every three people on planet Earth? In a word, it's the resurrection. The resurrection changed everything. You know, when God said, I'm going to come to the earth and I'm going to die for the sins of all the people and I'm going to prove that I'm God by coming back to life three days later, that is the single most significant event in history. I mean, nothing else comes close. Now let me acknowledge that I'm going to grab a few thoughts from Rick Warren for this message. He's the guy that often points out that the resurrection of Jesus uh, splits history in two into A.D. and B.C. Every other event in history is dated by the resurrection of Jesus. It, it doesn't matter if secular historians have changed A.D. Annas Domini in the name of the Lord or uh, B.C. before Christ. They've changed it into C.E. You've heard that right, the common era and BCE, before the common era. Friends, the split is still the resurrection of Jesus. AD or BC, CE or BCE, it doesn't matter. It all pivots on Jesus. Even your birthday is dated by the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, the day, the month, and how many years it's been since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the single most significant event in history because Jesus rose from the grave. And uh, what it did was it turned these first followers of Jesus from being fear-filled, depressed, discouraged, disillusioned, despairing, defeated people into courageous and contagious men and women filled with hope. And they began to spread the message of Jesus everywhere. I mean, the resurrection changed everything. Let me ask you. If you saw someone walking down the street that you had just buried three days earlier... How would you feel about that? Maybe confused? Maybe scared to death? Frightened? Fearful? Excited? Do you think you would ever forget that experience? No, I don't think so. Would it change your worldview about life and death? Oh, yeah. 
Would it give you new hope? Absolutely. Hope that there really is life after death. So three days after the death of Jesus, after his ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit, these 12 and their friends, hey, they're just ready to take on the Roman Empire and soon the evil of Nero himself. They were full of courageous hope and they were determined to spread this courageous hope. These first believers came to understand what Jesus meant when he said while he was alive, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. That's a reason for hope. That's a reason to live life to the full with courage and conviction. If, if Jesus hadn't been resurrected uh, on Easter Sunday, I mean, we'd all be helpless and hopeless. It would be all over. That's it. The, the Christian faith would have no reason to be here. But Jesus rose from the dead, and it changed everything. Here's what the Apostle Peter writes. When we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we were not telling just clever stories that someone invented, but we saw the greatness of Jesus with our own eyes. And not only did the twelve and a few of their friends see the greatness of the resurrected Jesus, but Jesus stayed on earth for another 40 days. I mean, he walked around Jerusalem for another 40 days. That's why literally tens of thousands of people became believers in a very short time because there were so many eyewitnesses. Here's what the Apostle Luke tells us. For 40 days after his death, he appeared to them many times in ways that proved beyond doubt that he was alive. They saw him, and he talked with them about the kingdom of God. Hey, can you imagine being, you know, one of the executors who put Jesus on the cross, one of the soldiers, and you watch that guy die, and all of a sudden he's walking down the street, and you go, whoa, that, that would be a strange experience, right? And a lot of people saw the resurrected Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said, and he was buried, and then he was raised from the dead on the third day. And then he goes on to write in that same passage, 1 Corinthians 15, he just gives this list of eyewitnesses. I mean, this isn't an entire list, but he lists some people. He says he was seen by Peter, and then he was seen by the 12 apostles. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at the same time. And then uh, Paul adds, most of whom are still alive, though some have died by now. Jesus, he sits on a hillside after his resurrection and teaches 500 people. Then he was seen by James. Then he was seen by all of the apostles. Last of all, the apostle Paul says, I saw him too. And this isn't even an entire list. For 40 days, he has multiple meetings with a lot of different people and friends. This is what's called conclusive proof. This is what's called definitive evidence. Hey, having over 900 eyewitnesses would stand up in any court anywhere in the world. And the secular writers of, of Roman history weren't sure how to deal with this, so they just acknowledged the event as hard as it is to believe. This is why the church exploded. And within years, there were 30,000 members of the church just in Jerusalem. And then it had grown to nearly a half a million, and it exploded all over the Roman Empire. And this was happening as the Roman government was intensely persecuting this rapidly growing group who would only bow to Jesus, not to Caesar. And then despite this persecution, in about 300 years, 
Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Why? Because of the resurrection. There were just so many enthusiastic eyewitnesses, and these eyewitnesses were filled with courageous hope. So after the resurrection of Jesus, I mean, fairly quickly, you had thousands of followers of Jesus who, empowered by the Holy Spirit, were living and loving like Jesus. In Jesus' name, they went out and cared for the sick and the poor. In Jesus' name, they they proclaimed freedom from bondages to sin and addictions, freedom from the power of the evil one. And the resurrected Jesus moved in power, and we just saw people were just healed and set free. And during times of plague, which was a, a frequent phenomenon back in those days, when the plague came, the average Roman citizen was just gripped by incredible fear. And you just have stories of them abandoning their homes, throwing their sick Um, and dying loved ones out on the street as they took off to another city uh, for a place of refuge where they thought there would be more health. And as they abandoned their sick and loved ones, their sick loved ones, the Christians moved in to care for the sick, to pray for the sick, to love on the abandoned. It's all recorded in history. They helped bring some back to health. They saw some miraculously healed, and yes, many, many died. But when the Romans, the unbelievers, saw the no-fear faith of the Christians, many in the Roman Empire said, I want that. Whatever it is they've got, I want that. And the church just kept growing and growing. And it wasn't that Christians didn't die when they cared for the sick. Many did. But interestingly, Roman history records that the Christians died less often than the average Roman. Just an incredible observation by secular historians. But I tell you, The Romans heard all the stories of the resurrected Jesus. They saw his resurrection power at work. And they tried to crush this Christian movement. You know, you've heard the stories of Christians being tossed to the lions for sport in Rome and being burned at the stake. But through it all, Christians held on to their faith with courageous hope. The power of God was evident, and in the process, Christianity became the official faith of the Roman Empire. What amazes me about the story of the early church was, was just what, how difficult it was to be a believer back then, that these were just tough times to say, I've decided to follow Jesus. Still, the followers of Jesus had joy in the midst of persecution and darkness. They wanted others to experience that same joy. They wanted people to experience the joy of Jesus no matter how dark the world was. And the call to courageous hope that they embraced. Friends, that is the same call that God calls us to embrace today. God is calling us to surrender our lives to Jesus in the midst of whatever mess and darkness we are in. And just to allow, you know, Jesus to flood our lives with his loving presence and uh, power so that we can be filled with courageous hope. So that we can be light and hope and healing in a hurting world. You know, when you understand how dark the world was under Roman occupation as the church started, these words of the Apostle Paul, they're really powerful and they've always gripped me. Paul says, in the midst of all of this, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul says, you know, I win either way. If I continue to live, I get to live life to the full right now. And I get to live with courageous hope for the purpose that God created me for. 
Life is awesome. But if I die, I just get to go to heaven earlier. So I can't lose. So what do you do with a guy like that? Friends, the resurrected Jesus who is alive and at work in this world today, he wants to transform your life for the better right now. He wants to break through any darkness that's in your world and give you hope and a future. And he wants to use you to make this world a better place as you live and love like Jesus and touch one life at a time. Friends, there is no life like the life that Jesus offers. He will set you free from your bondages and addictions. He will heal your hurts. He will help you navigate the mess of some toxic relationships. He will help you live with margin in a world where we so often fill up margin with junk. He wants you to experience life and life to the full with courageous hope. And on top of that, he just wants to spend eternity with you. Hey, a thousand years before you were born, God knew that Easter Sunday 2023, you'd be sitting right here at Fort City Church just so that he could get you to pay attention for a few minutes so that he could say this to you. Jesus says to us, I have known everything about you from the moment you were conceived. I saw you formed in your mother's womb and I have loved you every day of your life. There's never been a moment of your life when I was not paying attention to what was going on. I've seen the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, the very ugly, and I've never stopped loving you. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. I want you to have your past forgiven, have a purpose for living right now, and have a home in heaven. But you have to trust me. I made you to love you, but I want you to learn to love me back. I want you to learn to know me. I want a friendship and a relationship with you. You may be saying, ah, it's a little bit late for me. It is never too late to give your brokenness to God. And we're all broken, friends. We are all broken. Would you like to begin a life of contagious, courageous hope? God has been preparing many of you for this moment right now, and what should you do? Well, the Apostle Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's really what Easter's all about, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. So, what does it mean to say that Jesus is Lord? It means that he's God and I'm not. God is God, I'm not. Lord means you, God, have the right to lead me because you are my creator. You are God, right? God is God, I'm not. That's what it means to say Jesus is Lord. He's the manager. He becomes the CEO of my life. I put on a sign that says I'm under new management. Jesus is my Lord. He is God in my life. So I'm going to invite you to uh, pray a simple prayer with me and just pray it by reading it out loud with me. Be daring. You can do this. You can read out loud. And there's nothing magical or, or mystical about these words. What really matters is the attitude of your heart. If you mean it, it's important. If you don't mean it, it doesn't mean anything. But this prayer begins with the words, Dear God, today. So let's read this prayer out loud together. Just look at the screen. Keep your eyes open and make this your prayer. Let's read it. Pray it aloud. Are you ready to pray with me? Let's make this a prayer of commitment. Let's pray together. Dear God, today, 
I accept all that Jesus did for me on the cross. Thank you for forgiving everything I've done wrong. Thank you that I don't have to fear death. Please put your spirit of love and power in me so that I can live with courageous hope. Thank you that you will never stop loving me. I want to live for the purpose you've created me for. I trust you to take me to heaven when I die. Today, I declare that I'm a follower of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.